The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. Today is November 15th. I am Mike Apatra. I'm joined today uh, by my wonderful, my good friend, and our recent Coaches Challenge champion, Andrew Hansen. <laughs> the floor is yours, my man. I mean, I was just talking to you about it before air. You were having the time of your life. You went to a Celtics game. You're watching a good game in person. And then you're just taking down tournaments w- without even trying, man. I-, I love it. I love it. I'm glad you won. Congratulations. Uh, I'm a little jealous of the swag, though. I got to tell you that much. Well, thank you. Yeah, I must say it was a good NBA night for sure. I got to go to the Celtics-Wizards game with my wife. And um, so, you know, that was an exciting game. A very high scoring. What was it? 140 to 133. And both of the Celtics and Wizards are on this slate tonight so we'll get to talk about those teams but you know then yeah it was the coach's challenge and I must say that you and coach really motivated me talking about how you're going to team up team up make sure you beat me and so I, I thought okay well if it's two against one I better bring my a game so I'm motivated to and then the big news for me in this lineup was Enos Cantor because it you know instead of the three-headed monster on the front court for the Celtics Tice was out Robert Williams III was out, and so all of a sudden Cantor was starting. Brad Stevens said he's not going to play 30 minutes, but he ended up playing 25. And, you know, that's what I was hoping for at his at his low price. So he hit value for me. And the other – I think the other key play for me was Fred Van Vliet. The number that I noticed was – you know, Coach has already talked to us about how he's leading the NBA in minutes, him and Lowry. And – I also noticed that in that second game of a back-to-back against the Clippers, he played 45 minutes. So I thought, well, I'm going to play him against Portland, uh, against Portland. So he was in all my lineups. And then I liked the price on Kuzma. He had a nice game for a value player. And then the final piece of the puzzle was actually JaVale McGee, which is ironic since I know you and Coach have a history with JaVale McGee. But... He was one of he was one of those players where I needed I needed to fill the salary, and I, I scrolled down. You know, I looked at about the next twelve to fifteen players that were cheaper than him, and I'm just trying to fill the last utility spot. And I just didn't like any other any of the other players. And with Anthony Davis out, he made a little bit more sense. So in he went, and he was definitely the difference to get me to the top. Yeah, and uh, he's gonna—he he haunts me. You know that. Uh, I'll never hear the end of that from Coach. And, <laughs> you know, at, at least it wasn't like I, I told you not to play him on that night, and then you went and played him anyway. Right. That, that's kind of what I did with Coach. We were having an off-the-air phone call, and it was like Kyle Kuzma was returning. It was the game looked like it was going to be small ball, all set up. And I was like, "Yeah, go Kuzma. Don't play Javale." Uh, he blew up that night. That, so I, I still laugh about it. I think it's hilarious, and I'm sure I'll never hear the end of it from him. 
right. but yeah, man, congrats. I mean, you built a fantastic lineup. You smoked me. Uh, I, I was, you know, off to a pretty quick start. A lot of my guys kind of cooled down, getting excited when I seen Bazemore had, you know, 18, to, I think it was like 18 or 20 at the half. Uh, super low owned. A lot of people hopped off him when Hood came back. I kind of stayed on that train. I just know that he's a, he's a little volatile, but he's got a ton of tournament upside. So, um, you know, <clears throat> I think I think tonight we're having we're looking at another pretty fun slate overall. We kind of saw a few other narratives um, that we took advantage of, and then uh, you know I say tonight because we do record this the night before, so I'm actually talking about uh, you know this Thursday slate, the 14th slate. So. A um, few narratives, you know, I don't know if you heard last night's show, we got to bring on Miles, uh, he got to do his first show over here, he crushed it out of the park. Yeah, uh, I, I heard that and I enjoyed it. Yeah, man, I, we're growing, man, we're getting we're getting a little team over here, we're getting a good group of guys, I think everybody uh, is knowledgeable, everybody has like a different way and a different approach to guys they, they, like, they like, they play, coach has his guys, I think I have a couple of my guys, uh, you, you're definitely our uh, hometown John Morant guy. Uh, we, I think we already know that. So I've uh, learned a little bit more about him. But we have eight games to break down. Before we go any further, though, I just wanted to give a nice shout-out to my boys over at uh, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Um, Andrew, so I know I know, I heard the podcast. I kind of heard you talk about it. I want to hear your review, though. It means near and dear to my heart. It means a lot to me. I know you had your nice gold clip. You took your fastener off, and you <laughs> brewed up a nice steaming hot cup of joe. And That's exactly what I did. What did it taste like? Oh, I mean, you said it well. It's like earthy, delicious Hawaii. I mean, it's like you're tasting Hawaii in the morning. It's fantastic up here in the Northeast where it's cold and nothing like Hawaii. And the gold fastener is just like the cherry on top. It's like I take a sip in the morning. I, you know, you tilt your head back a little bit. You close your eyes because it's so warm and good, and it's like it wakes <laughs> you up immediately. That when I when I put my head back down, I open my eyes. I'm wearing one of those like those luau t-shirts with a leg going across my neck. I poke my head out the window, and I'm looking at a nice sunrise. It's it's all those feelings combined into one. Um, I'm a big fan. Obviously, you could tell. Go visit them at Hawaiian Islands Kona Coffee or uh, on Amazon. Search that. Or go visit them at HawaiianIsles.com. Or you can get them at Twitter at Hi Kona Coffee. That's H-I-K-O-N-A-C-O-F-F-E-E. Uh, hit them up or just let me know. I'll, I'll direct you there. Very easy. I'm more of the Amazon type of guy. Let, let the drone drop it off. Make it nice and easy. Um, that's the way I like to do things. But let's get into this, man. We have eight games to break down. Um, you know, I'm, I think I'm always trying to be the gentleman over here. So... First game on the night, we have Friday, or Friday, so I'm losing it right now, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game, uh, Detroit versus Charlotte. You want to start it off? Sure, I'll start with the Hornets. So the big change recently is that Graham has begun starting, and first time out, he didn't do that much. Rozier had a huge game, and then... We've got Bacon coming back. He's probable, but he's going to come off the bench. So now there's a real cluster on the wing on the bench that I'm not interested in. Bacon, Monk, Cody Martin. So I'm going to stay away from those guys. And at first glance, Graham is more expensive than Rozier. So I'm just going to play Rozier. Uh, Detroit has not been good against point guards. So I, I like his value. 
And then I have some interest in Cody Zeller as a cash play maybe, but but not for tournaments. So really on the Hornet side, Rozier is my only interest. Yeah, I agree. And I, a lot of people might be you know turned off by you know Graham entering the starting lineup now and maybe hurting Rozier. I actually think it helps them. Um, this offense was kind of struggling for points. They didn't have a lot of bucket getters and guys that can create for themselves. Travion Graham uh, might take some defensive attention away. And, you know, we kind of saw in the last game, you got, you know, Terry Rozier was a little less shy with the with a little competition also in the starting lineup. So uh, he took 20 shot attempts, came out there, absolutely crushed it. So, yeah, I do like him. 6,600 uh, 6, on DraftKings I think is, you know, pretty fair. Um, we have, we're going to have other options. I know, you know, that middle, once you're talking about a middle-tier guy for me, when it's a middle-of-the-road guy, it's got to hit in a few spots, whether it's by price or matchup. or He's got to have a few things, you know, pointing me in the right direction to playing him. Um, because they generally a little bit more or boom or bust, or they don't have as high of a ceiling as obviously a high-tiered guy. So um, I don't know if I'll get there, but he's definitely my favorite option on Charlotte by far. Uh, looking over yeah. on the Detroit side. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Do you have something else? Oh, yeah, just one more thing. Yeah, Detroit overall 27th in defense, so that adds to it for me with, with that middle tier. But there's a guy on the Pistons side who's in that same tier on the wing, Kennard, 6.5. What do you think about him? So I, I haven't been riding the train, and this is you know I, I, you hear me say it often. I'm I'm paying the price a little bit. I mean he's been absolutely crushing. The price tag's going up though. Um, every single game we've kind of seen it go up a little bit. Uh, now it's up to 6,500, and I don't know, man. It's tough for me. I don't. If you want to play him, I'm not going to knock you. I just always feel like I jump on these at the wrong time. Um, you know the shot attempts are there though. 18, 17, 21 shot attempts over his past three. Uh, you know, maybe talk me onto it. That's what I need. I need somebody to talk me onto it because I feel like if I jump on the train, it's leaving without me. No, I'm. What I'm going to do is I'm not going to talk you either way. If you, if you're if you feel strongly about him, then then go for it. I mean, he had, he did have a nice full line, twenty two one five two, and and of those shots in the last game, he shot twelve three. So I really like the way he's playing. But Derrick Rose is going to come back, so. Now, it, yeah, it would be one of those situations where I'm in the same boat. If I jump on him now, then Derrick Rose is just going to soak up all the usage and he's going to have his first off game in, in a few. So I'm one of those with him that I would like to play him. I don't think I will on this slate because some of the other guys in his price range. But if, if somebody was going to play him, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, I think the only other option I'm really looking at on the Detroit side of the ball would obviously be Andre Drummond. Um, Blake Griffin coming back it definitely impacts. We've we've seen the impact. He was not shy whatsoever, especially in his first game back. Man, I thought I, you know I thought he was going to take it a little bit slow. Twenty four minutes, but twelve shot attempts in twenty four minutes. He's going to continue having massive usage. So uh, you know I don't I didn't really look. I maybe I didn't do my homework on this. I don't know if they're on a back to back. I'm sure that we would already have the news if he was going to sit in the front half. If it was, um, I'll look into that. Maybe they're while. not. Okay, perfect. I appreciate it. You're better than me. Um, so yeah, I think, I think you can look at Blake. I think we're going to see a couple more minutes from him. I think 7,100 is a fair price tag. Um, you know, I was, I wasn't on Paul George tonight and he's, looks like he's paying off his price. I haven't checked recently, but you know, he played 21 minutes and he was doing well. So if you, if you're the, if you want to take advantage of it and you know, if he gets 30 minutes, it's fantastic. If he gets 28, it's probably still fantastic. Uh, but I don't know, Andrew. I think it's going to be tough for me. I, I kind of like to see the minutes and then jump on. He's not a guy that, like, when I jumped on Jeff Teague and I was waiting for him to come back, it was an illness. It's a totally different thing than when you're dealing with, I think he had a hamstring injury. So um, I may just, you know, ease on the side of caution with that one. 
Where do you? Yeah, feel? I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from Drummond and Blake with them both playing. Um, exactly. Just wait and see. Wait till Blake gets to full strength, full minutes, and see how it shakes out at that point. Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's move on to the next game. We have the San Antonio Spurs going against the Orlando Magic. This one's going to be taking place in Orlando. Um, you know, I'll just start this off, Andrew, and I'll just take the Spurs because I think we know how this goes when I let you pick. <laughs> yes, uh, we do. I just get I just get them anyway. So I'll just start off and I'll take them, and you know, I'll just take this game off and I'll say pass. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think I'm with you on the Spurs side. I'm kind of trying to envision the matchups. I think DeRozan might be facing Isaac, which will be a challenge. DeRozan's a nice price, but, you know, the Magic are fourth in defense, defensive efficiency. The only guy I might have an interest in is Rudy Gay, um, but probably not. I'll probably pass on the Spurs as well. On the Magic side, Vucevic is starting to get on a roll. He's got a nice price at 7.9. And I don't think he's going to be too concerned with Marcus Aldridge or Trey Lyles guarding him. So I have some interest there. You know, next game we talk about probably will be Sabonis, which I like him a little bit more. Um, DJ Augustine, 27 minutes. You know, that's interesting to me. If he's going to get more minutes than Fultz, you know, I think that's just sort of hit or miss. Most games are probably going to be pretty close to even, so not somebody you get too too excited about. So, really, I don't have any of these guys circled on my notes. Um, I'm probably going to end up fading this game. I think my favorite player in the game would probably be Vucevic. Yep, that's probably the only player I'd really be looking at too. I just, uh, you know, I think we just got that big Aaron Gordon upside game. I'm not really going to chase that, and he did that with pretty poor shooting. So that was just a phenomenal game by him. With Isaac, you know, betting on a guy getting. Defensive stats is not a way I like to gamble, um, you know, especially in a matchup with when you're talking about a very, very, you know, well-coached Spurs who, if, you know, if there's three turnovers, that guy's getting pulled. They're not going to give him a lot of opportunity for that. So I'm with you. I think just Vucevic and uh, avoiding the Spurs is the way I'd look at that game. And 7900 is definitely a fair price tag for Vucevic. This guy was like 9600 at points last year. So moving on to the next one. We have the Washington Wizards going against the Minnesota Timberwolves. This game's going to be taking place in Minnesota. Um, you know, you got to talk about your Wizards, man. I know you just saw IT. Yep. I'll let you start with them. All right, I will. Yeah, this is my favorite game on the slate. Two teams that are top 10 in pace. Wizards are sixth in offensive efficiency, and they're terrible at defense. They're 29th. So this is going to be a shootout. We just got to hope it stays close and. This is the, the leading game for me. And on the Wizards side, Beal is still a good price at 8.5. He was tremendous last night against the Celtics. Um, it, you know, I texted you guys. It was the t- quietest 24-point first half I think I'd ever seen. And, and then he, you know, he ends with over 40, and he was just – he was just terrific driving to the driving to the hole, you know, pull ups, you know, step backs, getting fouled. He was just he was just excellent. So um, at eight point five in a game like this, he's he's going to be one of the core plays in my lineups. And I, I got the you know, I think you can play Beal and I.T. Um, you know, maybe maybe Thomas 
doesn't play quite as well. You know, I think he was probably up a little bit to be back in Boston. But I, th- I think you can play both. And then the value play that I'm interested in for the Wizards is Davis Pertans. He's only 4.3 on DK. And the thing I noticed about him is it almost seemed like the Wizards were were running plays for him. You know, out of timeouts, it'd be bang, bang, pass, pass, and he'd be open for three, and he'd shoot it in stride. And he was, you know, he got 10 rebounds off the bench. He was 9, 10, 3, and 1. So at his price tag in a game like this, uh, I really like him as a value play. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm definitely with you on Beal. I think this is like a uh, this is like a nice game where you can either play Beal, run it back with one or two guys over there on Minnesota. Um, IT, I, you know, I, I'm going to stay away from until we see, you know, the, the big minutes locked in for a little while. Um, I don't really want to go there. I think, you know, I played him a little bit last, last game, but it was mostly because of uh, the narrative. I don't know. I mean, maybe he plays 33 minutes again. I kind of think that was a lot due to the whole Boston thing. I, they are on the upward trend. If you want to play him, I completely get it, and I understand. I'd rather look on the other side, play Jeff Teague for a little bit cheaper. Uh, or actually, same price on DraftKings. So that's kind of the way I would look at that. I don't know how you feel. Who would you rather play, Teague or Thomas? Well, Teague was cleared to play last game, and he didn't play at all, right? No, he played. Did he? Yeah, he played. Uh, I had him a lot of places. Uh, he played. He played 23 minutes, and he put up 18 points, six assists, two rebounds, and in 23 minutes on six of ten shooting, he had uh, 33 and a half DK points. Okay. Yeah, I see that. I must have been thinking about the game before. Okay. So, all right. So he's got one game back, 23 minutes. Then, yeah, in this matchup, I do like Teague. So, in, in my notes, I had Teague as probable. So. If you're going to update me and tell me that he's playing, then in this matchup, yeah, I like Teague better than Thomas at the same price. Yeah, and I think you, you said it right there. It's the matchup. It's, you know, we're getting Teague going against Thomas. I love right. targeting point guards going against yes. Isaiah Thomas. Same thing with Trey Young. It's it's like they give, a, you know, you might as well give him a couple extra points. Maybe it's like three or four extra DK points uh, just due to that matchup. So I, I think, you know, he should probably see a couple more minutes, maybe 24, 25, 26, somewhere around there. I wouldn't. You know, be shocked if he doesn't get over the 30 mark. But due to the matchup, and I, you know, I think that a lot of people are going to be kind of as look at that 33 minutes with that Isaiah Thomas played. And you know, the thing is with Thomas, if he get if he's getting chewed up like terribly, they have no choice but to pull him off the court. They're not going to leave him out there. I think his best place is coming off of the bench, personally, being that second unit spark kind of guy. Uh, it's it's tough this this modern NBA when you're talking about a lot of the point guards, guys playing the position that are now six five, six six. There's an advantage, and every single one of them takes it against him. All right. Uh, looking over at, you know, anybody else? I know we just went through Washington. Do you have anybody else on Minnesota? I know I mentioned Teague. Uh, I know you're big on this game, so I'll let you kind of just continue going with it. I'll chime in at the end. I'm sure you're going to probably jump on one of the guys I'm looking on as well. Well, Wiggins at 8.3 is somebody that you really have to consider. And, you know, we've talked about how in the past I haven't, really wanted to play him because of the way he plays but he's so much more aggressive and once again you know we talked on one of the recent shows about he how he took 16 more shots than cat against the warriors and again last time out he took 23 shots cat only 15 so i if things are going to continue that way i'm going to play wiggins and i'm not going to play cat but with teague back I, i think that might change things a little bit but I do just want a lot of this game. So Wiggins will probably be in most of my lineups. 
The other thing I'm going to mention about this matchup against the Wizards, they give up 120 points a game. That's terrible. But what I saw in person was that their transition defense was pretty much non-existent. So I, I can envision Teague and Wiggins just, you know, pushing it up the court all night and both having monster games. I like both of them. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with you with the Wiggins thing where I generally don't play him. I haven't been playing him. It's almost another one of those situations now. You want me to pay a high premium price tag and jump on, and then I'm waiting for that 32 point or that 28 DraftKings point night, and I just paid 8300 for him. Um, right. But this matchup's fantastic, so you can't ignore that. I do think he's still in play. Will I have a ton of shares of him? Probably not. Just being honest, I, I I'll probably just stick to my guns on the whole Wiggins thing, and you know, go down with the ship if he just keeps lighting lighting games up and eventually becomes nine <laughs> k. Um, yep. But. You know, I think I think Towns is you know clearly in play. He's always in play. Yes, you're paying a premium dollar for him. Um, you know, the shot attempts have been down. I'm glad you brought that up. That's the one thing that kind of worries me. But this is just a great matchup for everybody on the Timberwolves side of the ball. I, I I'm between you know Towns, Teague, Wiggins. All three of them are in play. And I think Robert Covington, based on his price at 4,800, has a little sneaky tournament appeal. Um, you know, the minutes have been down over the past two games, but you know the previous games before that. He was steadily looking at thirty minutes for a few of them in a row. I, you know, I think at that price tag, I'll definitely consider him forty-eight hundred. I think there's still some upside, um, but you know, if I'm if I'm getting overexposed in this game, I'm not going to go and try to force him in there. You know, if you're playing like you know Teague and Wiggins or you know Teague and Towns or any kind of combo of two of them, I wouldn't try to put like a third one in there with it being Covington. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, you got to love that price on Covington. He's always capable of going over forty fantasy points. And not quite sure why recently he hasn't. He's been lower than usual, probably just because Wiggins. The usage has been so high with him. But, but yeah, that's a nice price tag for Covington. Yeah, the last game, uh, you know, it was a one twenty nine to one fourteen game. So, uh, I, you know, that may have something to do with it. This is a guy that he does. He has been injury prone. You know, he got a bone bruise last season and ended up missing like almost half the season because of it. So. You know, maybe just resting him here and there. I really don't know. Um, I haven't seen him pop up on the injury report for anything, so I'm going to assume he's healthy. And I'm going to chalk it up to just weird game script or scenario and hope that going forward he's back to 30 minutes and we're getting him for 4,800. All right. There you go. We got another juicy game coming up. We have the Indiana Pacers going against the Houston Rockets at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have some injury news uh, that we're going to need to monitor in this game. It's not really injury news, but uh, they said that they're going to either uh, rest. I, I always struggle saying this statement. Ready for this? Rest <laughs> Russell Westbrook. All right. That's like a tongue twister for me. You, you got it. That was smooth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, they're going to rest Russell Westbrook. There we go. I almost butchered it again, and I kind of did at the end. Uh, I'm one of the two games on the back-to-back. So it's either going to be this one or, you know, tomorrow's game. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that. I mean, I, I think it's pretty pretty obvious here, Andrew. Uh, if he sits, you lock it in James Harden. I, I think it's kind of hard not to. I see the price tag says 12-3. Still, I really, don't, I really don't care. I just remember that this guy, when he was playing by himself, was 14-15K at nights. I know the matchup's tough defensively. You know, Indiana doesn't play at the fastest pace in the league, but I, I just can't ignore the upside, especially if Westbrook's going to be off the floor. Yeah, you know, that was my plan going in until I saw the prices, and I, I was surprised that he's 12.3 and Westbrook's only 8.4. That is a, a major separation. It, you know, I guess it makes sense for the way they've played so far this year, but who would have predicted that, you know, a year or two ago? But 
thinking about Westbrook being out, I, I, I was with you. I was planning on thinking that I was going to build my lineup around Harden. But at 12.3, I would rather play Beal and Wiggins and some of these guys that are under 9K and Sabonis on the other side. So I think my core lineup, I'm not going to play Harden, but I'm going to get some other pieces from this game. And from the Rocket side, I'm going to look for the value with Tyson Chandler getting the start for only 4000 I like him a lot. He was 16 minutes last time out, more than a point per minute. Now he's going to start with Capella out. So I'm I'm all about Chandler in this game. And then Austin Rivers is only 3.7K. And he, you know, had the big news with the interaction with his dad in the last time out. But he he's getting more shots now with Gordon out. And he shot poorly. He was 3 of 12, but he was 1 of 8 from three-point land. So if he's going to take that many shots – and be only 3.7, I think he may be the one of the best value plays in the game you know, on this slate. I don't like his shot. I don't really like playing him, but he's an athlete. So if he's going to get 30 minutes, then he's going to be one of my core value plays. Yeah, I can't knock you. There's going to be a ton of value that pops up. That price tag for Harden is is it's tight. Let's be real. You're, you could you know easily take a balanced approach and get a few more of those extra studs. Um, you know, one thing obviously I factored into my decision when I when I look at playing Harden is with Capella being out. Um, if Westbrook sits out, it just kind of screams all the ample opportunity for a triple double for him. Those rebounds are going to be running wild, and you know I wanted to bring it up. If Westbrook does play, I think that you know bodes well for him a little bit. If Capella says yes, Tyson Chandler's still a great rebounder. Don't get me wrong, um, but I think that when you're talking about a guy like Tyson Chandler grabbing a rebound and starting a play up. You'd much rather take the approach of Westbrook or Capella doing that over him. So um, I, I, I think that if we see Capella out, Westbrook plays, I'm not going to obviously play Harden at that price tag. I will have some interest in Westbrook over Harden if that's the case. Um, if he doesn't, I'm still definitely going to play him. I think Chandler is a solid value play. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, and it's kind of been on my mind when I'm looking at this, do you think they can get away with playing P.J. Tucker's small ball going against the bonus? Yeah, I think I think Tucker can can defend almost anybody. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if they do some of that, because Houston just doesn't have as many bigs that they are going to count on. You know, they've got more wing players that I think they'll throw out there. You know, whether it be Ben McLemore or Rivers. So yeah it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if there are some minutes during this game when tucker is the the biggest guy out there and he's he's the quote-unquote five yeah so that's like my only thing when i'm looking at chandler um he did get a little bit of a price boost he's at 4k on DraftKings. it's nothing crazy but it's not like it's a minimum salary type guy in this scenario um everybody else is going to know about the capella news DraftKings knew about it priced him up accordingly so i'm a little worried about that i think he's gonna be a little you know a lot of people are going to go there for that value in this game and if he ends up being limited to 18, 19 minutes, there's a decent chance that he just gets to where I don't think he's going to be come very far away from not hitting value if he doesn't. Um, but I'm not necessarily think he's going to break a slate. So if I can pivot off him, I think I might. Um, it's it's tough for me. I'm still going to be thinking about it. I'm going to be bouncing back and forth. I might not even need the value. I gotta. It's really going to be based on my construction. Um, but otherwise, I, I'm really not interested in anyone outside of Rivers. I think Rivers, like you mentioned, him is going to see increased minutes off the bench. I think he's going to get a lot of usage off the bench. I, I'm, I'm definitely interested in him. I like him going against the bench unit of Indiana. Um, I I think that you know I'd much rather play Rivers um, 
over Chandler. I mean, I, that sounds like I think it's a little bit of a hot take. I think Chandler definitely. Ha- we feel like he has that safer floor, but I think Rivers can easily have you know high twenty eight uh, to thirty DraftKings point upside in this matchup. Yeah, I think Rivers probably has a slightly higher ceiling, but I guess historically I've always been a fan of Chandler, and despite his age, I think he's you know he's so smart that and, and aggressive that if he gets 24 minutes, which I think he will, I think he's going to, I think it'd be hard for him not to approach a double double. So I, I like him as a value play in this one, but, but yeah, I like rivers as well. All right, man. You know what that means? He's run out a couple GPP lineups. They're, they're very similar price tags. Had your bet, put, put one in with the, you know, Chandler, one with rivers, make sure they're both at utility. That way you can swap them. And exactly. you're good, good to go, man. That's why we talk about this. Yeah, I, like I said, it, it's going to be hard. I'm not saying fade him. Um, I, I, I think he's definitely in play. But if I'm trying to get an edge in a couple GPP lineups and I know he's going to be somewhere between you know 25 to 30% ownership, I might take advantage of you know fading him in a couple lineups. So, I mean, there's a, guy, there's a guy on the other side you could play instead of him. Goga is the same price. What yeah. do you think about Goga and Sabonis? I don't, I don't see. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to play Goga in this matchup. I think it's they're going to end up. If anything, Sabonis is going to be as big as they get at center. I think they might even do a couple minutes where you see Jakar Sampson at center if they're running. If the Rockets are running PJ Tucker at center, um, no, I don't think this is a this it, for me. It's not. Um, I wouldn't knock you. I mean, you have kind of been a Goga whisperer uh, thus far this season. So uh, if you're <laughs> yes. feeling him, it wouldn't shock me if he has a great game for that reason. But I don't think I'm going to go to him. I think the only person I'm really going to target in this game uh, would probably be Brogdon. I know you like Sabonis. Um, you know, I definitely think he, he warrants a look. I think 8700 is a fair price tag. He's been kind of smashing through that on a regular basis now, it feels like. Um, but, you know, centers going against Houston is not something I generally like to target. Sometimes the pace could get away from him. If they're trailing on a play and ends up, you know, they're, you know, Harden jacks up a three, they're pushing the pace. All of a sudden, the center's on the, you know, the three-point line trying to chase the play. Somebody else is grabbing the board. Now he's running back the other way. So um, I, I notice on a lot of games that centers tend to have a little bit of lower rebounding games. So I'm going to kind of stick clear of that and just basically look at Brogdon. Yeah, I mean, I think in general, I agree with you on on centers against Houston. I think Sabonis is athletic enough to keep up with the pace, and I feel like Brogdon again is just he's his upside's been a little bit limited um, since Aaron Holiday's joined him in the starting lineup. So um, I am going to stick with Sabonis in terms of the higher priced Pacers and Goga. Maybe he'll be my my ten percent hedge swap for Chandler. Yeah, I mean, the only the only argument I guess I got going for, you know, Brogdon against that would be, you know, past two games, limited minutes, 25, 29 minutes. Um, you know, the game before that, he only took 11 shot attempts. You know, maybe that was, they could have had something to do with Holiday. But, you know, if we look at the games prior to that, um, 38, 47, 36, 46. Um, yes, I get Holiday wasn't in the starting lineup for all those. But I don't know if Holiday would be the reason why his minutes are limited. I'm, I'm chalking a couple of those bad games up to those. And in those games, 25 minutes, he still put up 34 and a half uh, DraftKings points. And in 29, he put up 37. I think he's going to get a good matchup if he's got James Harden because he just doesn't play defense. Even if it's Westbrook, Westbrook's not necessarily known for his defense either. And, and if it's not Westbrook, we'll probably see Austin Rivers starting alongside of him. And we'll take that as well. So, I mean, it, it's kind of on that merit. I think he's definitely an option. Um, you know, would I rather spend up, what is it, the extra 900 and get Beal? Yes. I mean, that's just it goes without saying for me. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to get a ton of shares of him. 
But I think, you know, given the $1,100 price salary difference, I think I would prefer Brogdon over Sabonis. But, yeah, man, you're, you're, you're right. I definitely think he still has plenty of upside. I, you know, you're bringing up his athleticism. I do think he can keep up on these plays. Um, I, I, maybe, maybe the center scenario doesn't work as much with Sabonis as other. But at 8,700, I think that in order for him to really crush me out of cashing and avoiding him, he'd have to put up like a, a 55 or a 60-point game. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the, his price tag is creeping up, so you get some savings on Brogdon, and, and it is, it's going to be fast-paced compared to what the Pacers are used to against the Rockets, and, you know, more possessions with Brogdon against the Rockets, um, that, that's a good uh, scenario as well. All right, man. I, I like it. We've been disagreeing a little bit. Not really disagreeing, but, uh, you've, you know, you've been having your, your takes on some guys. I've been having opposite takes on them, so... This is good. I like getting two different perspectives on it. Always makes it fun. Um, you know, we're almost about halfway through, so I just want to give another shout out to Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, uh, most fantastic coffee company in the world. Uh, get it in your cup every morning. Go visit them at hawaiianisles.com or go on Amazon, search Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, uh, or jump on them on Twitter at HI Kona Coffee. Check them out. Fantastic. Andrew backs them now. I got him to be a believer. I'm very happy for you for ordering it. You'll never probably go with another coffee company again. And we don't say this just because we sponsor it. Try it and you'll, you know, listen, if you're listening, go go order the coffee, try it, and then just message me and I just, or tweet at me and let me know what you truly and honestly think. Because I think a lot of people think I just fluff this up because I, I love them uh, and they sponsor us and everything like that. No, but it's actually really good coffee, guys. So try it out. Yeah, um, no, I agree, and I, I don't I don't like to fluff things up. And and here's another here's another actual description of it of why I like it. I don't really like bitter coffee, and so go ahead and try it. I mean, if you like bitter coffee, maybe it's not for you, and or maybe there are some other blends that you get, Mike. But for me, it, like the first way you described it is so smooth. It's true. So that, that's why I like it so much. It's just it's smooth. It's not bitter, and so yeah, I'm about ready to put in my second order. I hate bitter coffee, Andrew. I hate it. for me. It feels like it's been sitting in like one of those, you know, those hot pots on the on the what are the the, the heater the heat warmer. What what do they call those? Uh, There's a specific name. I don't even care. I don't like it. I don't like bitter coffee. Uh, right. You're a, you're a New England guy, so you know Dunkin' Donuts is all around the place everywhere yes. over here, and they have very yes. bitter coffee. I don't like their coffee that much. Well, I like theirs better than Starbucks, but Ooh. to me, Starbucks is bitter. I don't really like it. I like Dunkin' Donuts, but this is even better. That might be your biggest hot take of the night right there. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a couple more games to get to, and I guess, you know, another presenting sponsor. We're about halfway through the show, so I, I think it's a good time to say Coach is old, throw a few jabs. Um, you know, yes, you beat me in the contest last night. I understand. Uh, but you chickened out on our chicken soup bet. I wanted to try to tie this bad boy up, and you took that away from me, Coach. So there's your jab. Andrew, I'll let you go forward. I think I got that out of the way. I've been holding it in. We have the Philadelphia 76ers going against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, this game's going to be taking place in Oklahoma City. Uh, should be a pretty fun game. I think we got a pretty pretty good idea of everybody who's playing in it. There's not a lot of injuries to kind of really watch in this one. Um, Andrew, start us off. All right, well, I'm going to give some very soft commentary on this one. And since you sound like you like it more than me, I'm, I'm looking forward to what you have to say about it. But on the uh, – so I'll just go quickly. On the Sixers side, Embiid is back. He's 9.2. Um, he's really the only Sixer I'm interested in since it seems like everyone's going to be playing. And this is not going to be a pace-up game. 
the Thunder are top 10 in defense. So I'll probably get a little bit of exposure to Embiid, but probably not anybody else. And I was ready for a complete fade on the Thunder until I saw Shea Gilgis-Alexander's price tag on on DraftKings is 5.9K. So I think I'll probably get a little exposure to him and hope for a bounce back because, you know, three out of the last four games, I think he's been under value. But that's just too cheap for him. So I like that price tag. You know, and price tag is like the theme of this game for me. It's it's not like I'm absolutely in love with this game in general or anybody in it, but I think everybody on both sides of the ball is priced pretty fairly. I think there's value at all of them. I think Embiid's underpriced. I think Simmons at 7,200 is underpriced. I think Tobias Harris at 64 leaves a little room, you know, a little juice in the orange, I guess. Um, probably wouldn't play Horford. How about the bone? Yeah, juice, juice on, the, on juice, the bone. The juice That's on the bone. Yeah, leaves a little juice on the bone. I should just say, keep saying that. We'll just keep that going now for the show. Let's just do it. I might as well just roll with it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to really play Horford <laughs> with uh, with Embiid in there. I'm not going to play Richardson with Simmons in there. So I think those three guys, um, with their price tags, I think they're in play. I'm not going to go overboard on them, but if you happen to land on one and it rounds out your lineup, great. Um, and same thing with OKC. I think Shea is way too cheap. Um, you know, This is a guy that we're paying a premium dollar for. Yes, it's been down a little bit, but... It's still there. We saw a 43.5-point game two games ago in 37 minutes. So we know the upside's still there. I think Chris Paul's a little underpriced at 6,300 as well. Um, you know, 25 minutes in the last game, but there was a blowout. So I would, you know, throw that out the window. You're looking at the three, four, five games previous before that, 30-plus minutes and all those. And you're seeing a steady of at least, you know, 30 DraftKings points with upwards of 40 to the mid-40s. So at 6,300, I, I do think there's some value in there. Um, it would make sense if you're going to play multiple pieces in this game. You kind of get a little mini game stack going. Otherwise, uh, you know, maybe one of these guys from either side is a one-off for me. Well said. <clears throat> All right, let's move on. We have the Utah Jazz going against the Memphis Grizzlies. This game will be taking place in Memphis. I like to kind of drag that on. I'm, I'm working on my, uh, you know, my play-by-play, Andrew. I'm not as good as you. Okay. All right. Uh, sure. You know, I know. I actually, I want to hear that one time, man. I want to hear you do a play-by-play. I'm sure you're good at it. You got a good radio voice. I'll, 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 I'll find my best tape and I'll send it your way. What game? What kind of <laughs> game? What, what kind of game would it be? Would it be like a football, basketball? Well, probably basketball. Yeah, but football has a nice rhythm to it for the play-by-play and the color guy. Basketball, you know, can be really fast-paced, especially on the radio. So. It kind of depends on if you're doing play-by-play or color. I, I've done both for both sports. So, um, yeah, I guess it just depends. I did a little in college. and I think when I did basketball, I would much rather be uh, the play-by-play guy for basketball rather than the color guy. And I know that sounds like – I mean, you might be on the complete opposite. And I'm sure most people would probably be the opposite. I would just – I would run out of notes quickly on the, for the color guy, man. I, you know, I was doing uh, I was doing a couple of uh, you know I went to Southern Connecticut State University, so I was doing a few games over there, and I would do like the women's team and the men's team. But you know, I'd I'd have like you know maybe eight eight to ten key facts about each player, and I'd be like, oh, that's plenty enough. And then midway through the third quarter, I used them all because one girl's has been raining threes, and I, <laughs> I had to talk about her so much. And you know, so I I would much rather just go with the flow of the game and be the play by play guy. Uh, where do you stand on that? Are you a play by play or the color? What do you prefer? Probably the color, actually. So we'd be a good pairing. By the way, eight to ten facts on each player sounds like a lot to me. Sounds like you were very well prepared. But with the color commentary, you can kind of pretend that you're the coach. 
And so you can kind of watch the play like a regular fan slash coach analyzing the overall, the big picture. And then during timeouts, you can come out and talk about what you think, the what what play you think they should run or what adjustments they should make offensively, defensively. So that I like that. I like that role quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think I have like the, you know, the buzzer beater excitement kind of tone yet. I, I'd have to work on that, but. We have plenty of time before we need to worry about that. Right now, we need to break <laughs> yes, down do. this game. We're getting a little sidetracked. I, it's my fault. I do that a lot. Um, you know, start us off, Andrew. Utah or Memphis? Which team would you like to take? Let me start with the home team, since you highlighted the fact that we'll be in Memphis. And because the visitors are the Jazz, this is a little bit of a revenge game for Mr. Crowder. And 4.7K on DraftKings, I'd like him as as a value play, tournament play. And I actually don't like any of the other Grizzlies. Triple J um, has had some strong games recently, but last time out he was five of nine, and he went four of six from three-point range, which is nice. But if that's the core component of his scoring, you know that concerns me a little bit. And I, I don't think he has that good of a stroke. So I'm gonna I'm gonna fade him. Clark is, I think he's more of a cash price at 5.2. Uh, and so that's it. Um, you know, Jazz are second in defense. So so Crowder, in a few of my lineups, that's it for me on the Grizzly side. Yeah, I'm really not interested in anybody on the Grizzly side. Uh, just a tough matchup overall. Crowder, you know, I, I, I get it. I'm not going to knock you for it, the revenge narrative. But for me, it's not really revenge when you're playing for Memphis, uh, you know, a tanking team the year before, and they send you over <laughs> to Utah, you know, a, a perennial playoff Western Conference team. So I think that, you know, he, he he's probably happy about that overall move at the end of the day, but it would probably be nice. He might get up to see a couple of his friends. Um, you know, I, I, I think the price tag's fair. He's not going to have any sort of a tough matchup really on the other side. That's like maybe, I guess if you're going to say one vulnerable spot on Utah's defense might be them at small forward. So definitely an option. Um, I'm more interested in the other side of the ball. And, you know, obviously the you know elephant in the room, Mike Conley revenge game, 6,400. Are you playing him? Um, I might do one lineup where I stack him and go bear and hope that they have some, some nice correlation. But I am probably going to play Rozier, you know, at 6.6 in this price tag and somebody in the Kings-Lakers game that we'll get to in this price range. But, I I mean, yeah, the Grizzlies aren't very good against point guards. It is the return game. So got to have a little exposure to him. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the big fear is it gets emotional, like kind of what we saw at the Kemba Walker one. Um, right. I'm sure that they'll do some sort of tribute video for him. Right When he gets there, he's going to be hugging coaches, crying, signing babies. The whole nine. <laughs> uh, so I, 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 you know, listen, I'm going to have shares of them. I'm not going to go overboard on this narrative. I mean, you know, I think, you know, temper your expectations. He has been struggling. He has been trying to find his way in this offense. It's not him just moving to a new team. And, you know, maybe, maybe Mitchell just looks at him and says, dude, do you tonight ball out, have fun. Um, and that's kind of why we do get the exposure in this scenario, because if it wasn't, if it was the same, you know, switch the team names, same kind of matchup, same pace, whatever it is, I probably wouldn't be playing him. But I'm going to get the shares because of the narrative. I do think that we were talking about a guy like Mike Conley. It was almost like that Kemba Walker one where he spent so many years with one team. He was a franchise face for him. Every fan in that city absolutely loved him. Um, and, you know, he left on good terms, I guess. So 
Uh, I'm I'm cool with it. I'm if you want to play him, play him. Um, if you don't, I understand why you don't. He's been he's like I said, he's been struggling. Um, I'm probably not going to go to too much Gobert. I just think that you know with the other options that we have on the slate, um, he's very very like dependent on those bigger rebounding games from the really crushes value. And for me, you know, he's been putting him up. But Joe Val's not a bad rebounder. I think that he's going to hold his own. Brandon Clark coming off the bench, another good rebounder. Yes, Gobert's the stifle tower. He's seven feet tall and everything like that. But I just don't feel like I want to target him in this match. But I actually think this game could get out of hand. Um, I don't want to just screen blowout or anything like that because we know what that could do. But it wouldn't shock me if it did. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, Gobert, I, I definitely have less interest in him than Conley. All right. Two games left. We're going to the late game hammers now. Boston Celtics going against the Golden State Warriors at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. This game is going to be a pretty fun one, man. I actually think it's going to stay close. Um, I don't know. Do you? I don't th- you know, Boston's been so good, but this Golden State team, I, I, they're a little scrappy. So they could be. I think if they actually just played Pascal instead of Draymond, they'd stay in a lot more games. <laughs> uh, that that would probably be my thinking. You know, the two games with Draymond back, yes, he got ejected out of one of them, but neither one of them have been too pretty. He had the lowest plus minus on the team. Uh, yeah, no, I'm looking at some ancillary pieces in this game, and I think that this is where I'm going to get a little bit of my value from. That's okay. why I drew stuff from. I'm not going to go overboard on any of the starters. Not, you know, I don't even think I'll play Kemba Walker. I think if you're going to play any major price starter in this game, you're really just looking at D'Angelo Russell for the massive upside that he's been producing lately. Um, but you're going to need this game to stay close for four quarters, and then you're going to want to throw somebody back on the other side as well. Um, but I'll just try to go in order instead of bouncing around. You know, going with you know the Boston. Like I said, I'm not I'm not playing Kemba. I'm probably not going to play Jalen Brown. Uh, probably not even going to play Tatum in this. The guys are all pretty much priced up. Actually, Brown, a higher price than Tatum. So I uh, I would still probably prefer Tatum over him. Um, but I think your boy Enius Canner, I know, you know, 4900 still a pretty good price tag. Uh, both of the Tice and Williams are questionable right now, so we're going to have to kind of monitor that news. But if we see them both rolled out again, uh, I'm willing to go back to the Canner well for some value. Yeah, I, w- I would go back if if those guys are out. But I'm, I'm going to assume that they're – going to be back in at least one of them so i'll probably be off canter in this one and i agree with you the, on the perimeter they the celtics are just so balanced with their distribution right now those four guys in the game that i went to last night they all shot between 12 and 20 shots so it's so much different than comparing them to the warriors backcourt with d'angelo russell who's going to dominate the usage so i agree for the wing players, uh, I'm most interested in D'Angelo Russell from this game. On the Celtics side, maybe Marcus Smart at 5.9. That's a nice price for him. But um, I'm not. I, I'm a little concerned about a blowout for the Celtics, so I don't want to play. I don't want to pay for any of those higher-priced perimeter players. But maybe Marcus Smart. Yeah, and I think you know you're paying for him. That's the thing. You know, you're you're not just worried about the blowout and everything else. You're worried about them hitting that price tag as it is, even if the game stays in contact. Because like you said, they both do. All three of those players do spread the shots around, and um, generally we see one guy is the one guy that has like a big night out of the three of them. And I don't like trying to sit there and peg that one guy and getting them right. Um, I'd rather just kind of go in other spots with the situation. But Russell definitely in play for me. If you wanted to go back to Glenn Robinson um, or Alec Burks, I think both those guys still have pretty good value. I want to see Burks playing bigger minutes before I really lock him in. When we see he gets 30-plus minutes, he's like a sure lock at that price tag. Uh, but you know, right now it looks like they're getting kind of distributed amongst a few other players between Poole and Robinson as well. Um, 
I'm really probably just going to end up playing Russell now. I'm talking myself even out of the other guys. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to go. The only I I saw the end of the Warriors Lakers game, and D'Angelo started to look like he was a little bit disinterested. He kept passing, almost like he was just trying to go for the double double because he had eight assists at that point. And I, that's my concern with him: is what's his attitude, his demeanor going to be going forward if they keep losing? You know, is he going to stay ultra aggressive or is he just going to be passive and just kind of go through the motions? But I, I'm, you know, until until he really trends down, um, you know, he put up eight, over 80 fantasy points the other the other night. So at eight thousand, I think he's a he's a good price. Yeah, there's not too many guys in the slate at that price tag that can put up 80 fantasy points. So <laughs> that's I think right. that, that's enough said. You know, you can't really argue against the guy that has that sort of upside. You could say you don't want to play him, and no one's going to argue with him. But if you, if you say completely fade him, uh, you know that just kind of seems like a little, a little arrogant. You know what I mean? You can't. Yes. You, you know that's why you'll hear me say a lot of times. Do I, you know, do I like Giannis on this slate? Well, yeah, it's Giannis. I mean, I like him against right. anybody. It's, it's not. There's nothing to. He could go off against anybody. He's matchup proof. So with those guys, yes, you want to target them in better matchups. But uh, sometimes you know targeting those guys in bad matchups where you get your edge because they can still get 80 points and now they're lower owned because they're in a bad matchup. So maybe maybe we get Russell in a little bit of depressed you know ownership just because a lot of people think this game could get out of hand and that's something we take advantage of. Right. All right, moving on to the final game of the night, Sacramento versus the Lakers. This game's going to be in L.A., obviously. Um, you know, I, I said it obviously, but in California, obviously, I should have said. Uh, but, yes, in L.A., uh, start it off. Who do you want to take, the Lakers or the Kings? Well, I'll, I'll go with the Kings. The Lakers are a bit of a mess, I think, with their moving parts. Oh, so, that, that, that's nice. <laughs> I appreciate it. You, know? right. you, you are a gentleman. <laughs> I, I know that. So, um, so for the Kings – you know, a lot, a lot has changed with Fox being out. Um, we've got the Corey Joseph question. Got the perimeter question. With Buddy Heald, I'm, I'm not going to play Buddy Heald, even though I think he's bound to, to break out here soon enough. But I noticed that when the Lakers played Phoenix, Booker only attempted two three-pointers. So if, if, if they've got that capability to contain a player like that on the wing who's you know willing and able to shoot 10 or more threes, then I, I have a feeling they're going to do the same thing with Buddy Heald. You know, maybe that's Danny Green. But the guy on the wing that I am interested coming off the bench is Bogdanovich. And I had a lot of fun watching him against Portland put up more than 50 fantasy points he was in all my lineups that night, and I just think he's the one who's really going to take advantage of Fox being out. He's going to get more minutes, more usage, so I really like him at that price tag. And then Bielitsa, same thing, 36 minutes, You know, a guy who can easily get a double-double. He shoots a lot of threes. He's only 5.6K on DraftKings, so I, I'm, I have a lot of interest in Bogdanovich and Bielitsa. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bogdanovich, I, I was all over him as well. I think anybody that was was very happy with that return. Look at the price bump that he's seen in between. So that's, you know, that has me thinking about it a little bit. Kind of, you know, I, I'm not chasing points because I played him last game, I guess. Right, uh, right. But, you know, looking at that price tag, a lot of people might gravitate towards just the recent play and obviously the situation that he's in. 
Um, definitely gonna definitely gonna monitor and think about it. Uh, I'm gonna have to construct lineups. I haven't really started building too many shells or anything yet, so we'll see if I can fit them. I'm also gonna keep Rashawn Holmes in, in mind just because Dwayne Dedman is questionable right now. If he sits, I think Holmes going against LA, uh, 5800. If he sees 30 plus minutes. Um, he's a great point-per-minute producer. I can see him getting up there between 35 and 40 fantasy points on a good night. Um, Belicia, the one thing that, that's kind of scaring me away from him uh, is just the matchup against Anthony Davis. It's it's just the worst defensive matchup one person can have. Um, we know he's playing in this game. He rested in the last one. So, yes, you know, if he's going to play 35 minutes, I still think the floor and the upside's there in him. Um, but, you know, the mat- the matchup is one thing that's going to kind of keep me from, you know, locking him in. We knew he was playing 35 minutes at this price tag against the Suns, the Nets, the Knicks, uh, the Pistons, you know, pretty much any one of those other, the Wizards, those down-end teams, he would be, in, be probably 65% of my lineups. Yeah, no, that's a good point with, with AD coming back. You're right. I mean, I have more interest in Bogdanovich than Bielitsa, but I, I do like sort of, I like Bielitsa going forward in this role. Um, you know, with Deadman either being out or questionable or just not getting as many minutes. So, so something to watch for. How about, how about on the Lakers side? Who do you like there? Yeah. So, I mean, looking at the Lakers side, we, like we said, we have Anthony Davis back, you know, you had your big JaVale McGee shining. I'm not going to, you know, go back to that obviously with Davis back. So I'll (laughs) probably, I'll probably steer clear of the two centers. I'll steer clear of Kuzma. I'll let other people mess around with that. Um, you know, the one question mark I have on this team is, does Rondo see a minutes increase? If he does, how much? 4,900, I actually think this is a pretty good matchup for Rondo. Um, it's actually against one of his former teams. Uh, I think he was, uh, I, you know, he wasn't, I don't think he was a king very long. Um, but, you know, it, my, 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 I might even be wrong. Now that I'm thinking about it, he's played for so many teams. I don't, was he a king? No, no. Yeah, he, yeah, he was a king. He yeah, was okay. A king. It was I had a, to think about it, it for a second. It was a short and rather, rather tumultuous stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I thought it was. I was like, I, this, I can't be making this up. I can picture him in the jersey <laughs> with the white headband on now. Uh, but yeah, I want to monitor that just because we know he's a point per minute guy. He's, you know, when we look at year long fantasy, he, he stinks at a lot of stuff except for other than assists. But you know, with the way he can get rebounds as a guard, he racks up a couple steals. He really only needs eight to ten actual points, and all of a sudden he's at forty. You know, DK points at forty nine hundred. Um, that's with you know playing probably twenty six to thirty minutes. I, I don't know if he gets there. I mean, he only played one game, um, missed every other one so far this season. I'd probably have him pegged more towards like that eighteen or nineteen range. Um, so keep your eye on that. Once we kind of see those minutes get up there a little bit more, we can feel a little bit safer about jumping on that. But, you know, out of all this breath and hot air I just wasted, I think it's easy to say the only people I really have interest in are going to be LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Well, those are nice guys to fall back on. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> out, of, out of all that being said and done, Anthony Davis and LeBron James are my only interest on this side of the ball. After you've heard all that, oh yeah, by the way, they still have LeBron and Anthony Davis. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, no, that's a good take. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on Rondo. Um, I mean, if he was going to play 26, 28 minutes, I'd be all over him at this price tag. You know, let's see how many minutes he plays. They do have a lot of capable backups that they're going to run out there, Caruso and Quinn Cook, until Rondo's ready for full minutes. So yeah, let, let's let's watch very closely how many minutes he gets in this one. All right, man. That's it. Uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else in this game? Or are you uh, good to go? No, I'm good to go. All right, man. Well, I had fun tonight. It was a good night. Uh, Eight-card slate in the books. To no- tomorrow night, uh, I'll be back with Coach. So uh, I haven't been on with a little while. I, I get to mix it up now. This is going to be three different people in one week I'm podcasting with. Uh, broadening my horizons over here, making some new friends. Uh, this is This is fun, man. 
Definitely go and if you guys have a chance, rate and review the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, wherever your podcasts are found. Give us a thumbs up, a five star. If if you like what you're hearing, you know, great. If you need something that you'd rather us cater to, if there's a certain topic, a team, whatever it may be, throw in the comments. Get us on Twitter. You can find me at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can find Andrew at Language Olympic, L-A-N-G-U-A-G-E. O L Y M P I C Joe Coach. You can find him at Joe Sarvati. It's J O E S A R V A D I. And uh, obviously, you know, our new guy, Miles. So, I, I mean, we're trying to get Miles up there and some followers. Uh, you know, I, I checked him out a little bit yesterday. We're going to boost him up there. We're going to make him a big name, a household name. The kid's a good kid. He knows his stuff, very analytical. Um, I love just, you know, shooting the shit with him in basketball. So follow, uh, follow him at Miles. It's M-Y-L-E-S 6565. So that's it. That's our team. Uh, Andrew, you want to take us out? Any closing thoughts? Closing thoughts are Carmelo is coming back to the NBA. So make sure you tune in every day to our show on one of these shows in the very near future. We'll get to break him down on one of these slates and see how he's going to fit in with Portland. I'm glad you snuck that in there. Probably the biggest news that broke over the past <laughs> like year and a half. We, we have in the same week, and I, I'm sorry, I, I, we're going to bring this up after I just closed it. I think it's, you know, we're going to see Colin Kaepernick do, do have tryouts with NFL teams and Carmelo Anthony is going to be on a basketball team again. This is cool. This is this stuff is that I feel week. like should have happened a stuff. long time ago and it's yes. finally happening again. So, uh, I'm pretty excited to watch this. I think that's a good way to end us. You can catch us tomorrow. Like I said, me and Coach, we'll be back. And, uh, you know, good luck tonight, guys. I hope you all crush it. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.